right, everybody. Welcome into the Fresh Takes podcast with Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo, joined as always by the man himself, Nick Felice. Nick, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, Paul. Uh, another show. This is always one of my favorite shows. We always have like these special yearly shows, and this is one of them. The MLB Season Preview Podcast with a little Final Four twist, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. yeah. Going to be a good one, Paul. You getting excited for Richmond this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, looking forward to that. Travel out tomorrow. So, yeah, nice little yearly tradition at this point, I suppose, even though I was planning on not going up until a few months ago. So, but. Uh, Have they moved yeah. that up? Wasn't it in April? It is April, though, coming up. I mean, this is the, technically this weekend's the first weekend of April. <laughs> I just always remember it being like right before the Seneca yeah. 7. And yeah. Yeah, they, they pushed it up a couple weeks yeah, compared to all. when it was in the past. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. I forgot about that. The one year that I went down, we uh, we had to drive the, the week after because Andrew decided not to come back with uh, me and Matt. So <laughs> yep. he had the option to and just blew it, blew his chance. Yeah, uh, we'll start with the Final Four and then move on to baseball. But uh, two, two big stuff to, to kind of chat about here. So um, – Let's let's jump right in. Final four is set with the four that we all you know expected to be quite frank. Yeah, I mean I knew <laughs> right day one. Yeah, yeah. San Diego State versus FAU, Miami versus UConn. What a what a treat this March Madness has been. I I think from the chaos perspective of things, this has been about as good as you could have hoped. Um, you know, obviously I know there's like the traditionalists out there that aren't a fan of, you know. And they won't tune in this weekend at all. And that's fine. Like, go ahead. Like, you take your sulking Duke mind and ego home. That's all right. Uh, but this is what, look, frankly, this is what we always hope March Madness is, to be to be honest, right? I, I, I always chuckle at, you know, the people who go, well, you know, it's not good unless UNC's in there, unless Kentucky's in there, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But this year... Sorry, excuse me. I, there was no saving it. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this year, like I said, I, to me this year, this is the fi- this is the final four or March Madness overall that we always hope for. You know, this the chaos. Let it rain and let it be supreme. Uh, I mean, I gotta assume UConn's gonna win it all. Uh, but save that though. Save that for a few minutes. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the final four. It's like. I just can't picture the other three winning it. And it's their all all their programs. It's the programs for all three of those schools. First time in the Final Four. Uh, I got to tip my cap to Paul uh, on FAU. You're the one right before the, the tournament started. It's like, watch out for this FAU team. I don't think you thought Final Four. No. You no. thought maybe, maybe a little run maybe to the Sweet 16, give Purdue a run for their money. They didn't even play Purdue at uh, – but no, they're good. I mean, I've haven't seen much of San Diego State. I've been doing stuff every time they're playing. Uh, but I just you, they play defense. You can't count them out. I mean, I can see them going to the national championship. I mean, nobody in their right mind. I know there was a few brackets out there that had. It. And by the way, the tournament challenges are terrible this year. There, there's allegedly, and this is over on the NCAA site six brackets that did have this final four yeah. but 
obviously not perfect overall. Yeah, yeah, obviously not. Um, but the fact that they even got FAU and San Diego State right is, mm. is really impressive. And then to get the other two as well, oh, man, they're probably San Diego State or FAU fans. They have to be. Uh, but I like Miami. I, I mean, obviously nothing's easy to predict in this tournament. But I, I'm – I'm thinking the Miami-UConn winner is going to win the national championship. Hmm. Uh, it's definitely, I think, the more of the more entertaining Final Four matchups. Looking forward to that one. Miami veteran leadership just showed up in that Elite Eight game um, against um, – I'm blanking on who they beat in the Elite Eight. Miami? Yes. Uh, it just, they came back and beat Texas. They beat Texas <laughs> in the Elite Eight. Uh, just veteran leadership. <coughs> this Miami team was in the Elite Eight just a year ago. So, and Jim Laranega on the whatever anniversary of him taking George Mason to the final to, four. To the date. I think yeah, it was, um, I don't know how many years. 17. That's crazy. Yeah. So now he's taking Miami to, to the final four for the first time. So um, I'll pose this to you then. Miami's a fo- uh, basketball school? Uh, I, I would assume, you know, baseball school. But uh, <laughs> for you, the U. So you're going with the U, I guess. Or, well, no. Wait. We'll circle back to that. For Specifically, though, for this Final Four, like, this doesn't deter you away from watching, right? Like, this is oh. this is what you kind of, like, hope for, right? Is the chaos of not knowing who's actually going to be there. No. I'm, I'm, it's different because I'm an avid college basketball fan, so I'm always watching the Final Four. Final Four is one of my – I mean, we're, we're talking about favorite sports days – Today's one of them, opening day in baseball. I think it's third behind the first two days of the college basketball tournament and the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and then I think Final Four maybe cracks the top five. I love the Final Four day, more than, more so than the championship night on Monday. Uh, you know, I'll definitely be watching. I'm actually going to Tourney Stone this weekend with my good friend Josh and my brother Matt. Uh, so we'll be there watching the game. Watching the game, so that'd be cool. Um, looking forward to the games. Obviously, not surprising that the UConn Miami game is the later game. Uh, uh, so definitely going to be watching. To answer your question, I mean, yeah. So like, I will. I'll be watching. You know, I'm going down with uh, with friend for for Richmond, and you know, we'll we'll be watching. I don't, I don't know where we'll exactly be at for that. Uh, whether it's you know, you're around the middle brick and mortar bar and grill type or just at the hotel. But it's in, it, I find it fascinating this year that, um, and I, I think maybe it speaks more to like what we talked about actually now for a couple of different podcasts where I think it's just the parody so close now and everybody's just so close that, um, I wouldn't say seats don't matter, but like FA, and also this goes back to what I said two weeks ago where they just got the seats wrong this year. There was a lot of bad seats. Like, FAU should not be enough. FAU is going to finish the year with at minimum 35 wins. It's crazy. Like, what are we doing here? And and Princeton's look, another one. And, and look, and I'm all for saying, well, they're out of, you know, the C, CUSA and blah, blah, blah. That, that's fine, okay? But – Here's something about the CUSA that people forget. Like, North Texas is in the NIT championship. Like, the CUSA is a good good enough conference at the top that it can cause chaos. And I guess maybe some around that, right? San Diego State, 
good team. This has been building for a while with them, whether it was from Steve Fisher, now to Brian Dutcher, who's a coach there. That's just a good quality program. We don't need to go through UConn's accolades, even though this is a stat that I, you maybe you didn't know or uh, you did and probably didn't realize it. In the past, and I will call it, include this tournament in this number, 25 March Madness runs that we've had, which excludes 2020, obviously. UConn's won four national championships. That's the most out of anybody. That's a 20-whatever percent clip at the moment. And furthermore, obviously, if they get the fifth in 25, that's just – that's nuts. Yeah. And it's all been with different coaches, right? Calhoun to Ollie to this one would be Dan Hurley. I mean, if you don't consider you kind of a blue blood at this point, I think that's on you. That's part that I do chuckle about is, like, people say there isn't a blue blood. I'm like, uh, you, UConn's – pretty much a blue blood at this point. I, yeah. All things considered, you know, if you want to include in the blue bloods here at this point, Michigan State and whatever, you have, you have to include UConn. And I, I will stand by that. I think the reason they're not a blue blood in most people's eyes is because when they win these national championships, they just come out of nowhere. Sure. Like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, obviously they have their years where they struggle. Like North Carolina didn't make the term this year. Kentucky's not made the tournament pass, but they're usually pretty solid into the tournament field. Sure. U- UConn, you know, has a bunch of bad years and then wins a national title, so I think that's part of the reason. I guess. I don't know. And then, and then, like you mentioned, Nick, right, I mean, we, we know what Miami did last year. We know the coach that Jim Laranega is anyway from past experience, but, I mean, this is not Miami's really first run with him anyway, even dating back to last year. Uh, was it 2019 they had a decent run as well? Um, yeah. So, uh, look, uh, this is a program that we can joke about being, you know, football school and stuff like that. I got to ask you, though, Paul. Yeah. When we watched Miami, we were, we were one of the people that oh, watched, true. Yeah, yeah. watched them in the first round. Did we think that was a Final Four team? I mean, Drake almost beat them. Um, I think it's part of the I mean, survival of The main issue is, yeah, at the time, I mean, it's hard to say anything because at the same time we were watching – on the on the jumbotron, Purdue yeah. lose to Fairleigh Dickinson. So I I don't know. Um, I, I I would I would I don't think so. But at the same token, I, like I said, we were watching uh, the second time a 16s beat a one. So I, who knows how to actually feel about? And that. that's going to happen, like you said earlier. That's going to happen a lot more with the, the right. parity and in these teams. Maybe maybe not like a lot in that sense, right? Yeah. But like. When it does happen now, I don't think you can be surprised. Yeah, you know what that's. It, it's I we I don't think we're at the point yet where it's like the 15s beating the twos, where that's pretty much a yearly thing now, right? Yeah. But like, do I expect maybe a 16 to beat a one next year? No. The year after, probably not. But like, cyclically speaking, it's going to happen. You know, and I a lot of it too is like we, I. It doesn't help that Purdue's predominantly slow and big, whereas Fairleigh Dickinson's smaller and quick in that sense. You know, and that's the thing that I think beat Virginia at the time against UMBC. UMBC just moved it so much quicker than Virginia did, and that, that's coaching style. That's and I get it. I mean, that's something that we know obviously now about Tony Bennett to a T, right? Is defense, 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 and your offense is quality, not quantity. And that can that that will burn you when you come up on a team like some of these mid majors that 
Um, maybe they don't run and gun per se, but it's, you know, we, we know that we have to just go for the quality element to, to have a chance. And you got to go back to Fairleigh Dickinson. They almost, they had FAU, had a lead late in that game. Yeah, yeah. Almost beat them, and mm -hmm. FAU goes to the Final Four. Yeah. So. But I do have to give a shout out to sure. Kansas. They, Kansas State, I mean. Yeah. They were very exciting to watch this tournament. 100%. Unfortunately, they didn't make the uh, make the Final Four. That point guard, name's blanking on me right Noel. now. Noel. Marquise Noel. Yes. Uh, he's a special player. He's, he's going to the draft, apparently, too, by the way. He's riding the coattails of it. Yeah, set the assist game record for a tournament game. It's pretty. Sick. And he's look. They had. They were. They were in New York, obviously at MSG for for the second weekend for Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight. He's a New York kid. He's from I, I can't remember exactly where, but I believe it's somewhere in the Bronx. And uh, it's storybook. It's storybook for him, really what happened. And I think this is a kid who's clearly got something there. And. Uh, I don't, I don't know maybe if it's an NBA quite yet, but I'll be intrigued to see kind of how it plays out for him. Um, so I know you alluded to it, but let's start with uh, the first Final Four matchup, San Diego State FAU. Who do, who do you have there? Because it's, it's an interesting battle. This is a, two teams that have some similarities and some differences. Um, it's a toss-up. It is a toss-up, and it's effectively a toss-up anyway. San Diego State's only favored by a point and a half. I'm so gonna, I'm going to go with the Aztecs, San Diego you're State. Going you're going to Aztecs. I, I lean that way as well. Um, I think they're just a better quality team, better overall team at that point. Um, and the defense for them is just a hair better. I know. I know. No right. nine seed or, or worse has ever won the tournament. They have not. Eight seed is still the lowest. I don't know if nine seed or worse ever made the championship game though. Yeah, that part I don't know. I have to look that up. Okay. Um, circling back here for for a moment, I'll I'll throw this question to you as well. Um, did they get the times right of this game? So you you're kind of you you prefer that this game be the first game out of the two. Uh. It might be the – I don't know. They're both going to be pretty good games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just for interest and popularity, obviously this is the first game. I'm not surprised. Okay. Yeah, I. it's tough because I kind of feel like – I got to be honest. I almost would prefer the San Diego State FAU game second only because I think it plays into that, like, West Coast element of San Diego State anyway, but I think the chaos of a primetime game like that would just be oh, chef's kiss type stuff. But All right, I can tell the way you're leading, but what about that second game, UConn and Miami? Uh, how about the ACC getting to the Final Four? <laughs> I mean, what was the last week you said ACC is never going to win a championship <laughs> uh, for like years? Uh, I mean, you can't compare the ACC to the Big Ten anymore. I mean, that's just the Big Ten. I think have had 36 NCAA tournament berths in the last three years, and only one has made the Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to go with UConn in this game. Um, not sure if that's where you thought I was leaning. Uh, is it? Paul? I thought you were going to pick Miami. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it. I've been, I've been leading back and forth on this one a lot. I'm going to go UConn because I just don't see Miami win the national title. I just don't see anyone. I, I see UConn because they've done it before, and they're very good. They've been in the top ten for a lot of this year earlier on. 
Uh, I'm going to go UConn, but I'm going to be rooting for Miami, Florida. Okay, that's quite the uh, <laughs> quite the, the twist, I feel like. I, gosh, I, 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 I'm going UConn here. Um, they have been literally playing the best basketball since February 1st. Um, I know a couple people here aren't going to like it when I'm saying this, but, um, you know, Ken Palm and their rankings say that UConn's been playing the best basketball in the country since February 1st as well. Also, UConn is at a 28-point, like, 9 right now in the Ken Palm score, and Kansas won the title last year with a Ken Palm score of 27.5 or something like that. So, um I think it's tough to go against UConn overall there, even at that point. So I guess I'm kind of with you, uh, Ryan, that same plane. Championship game, though. So we're both we're both more or less leaning San Diego State versus UConn Monday night. Yes. Is what we're saying. So, all right, who do we have Monday night? I got UConn. You're on UConn? I will follow you. I will take the Huskies as well. Um, yeah. How, speaking of UConn, how about the girls' UConn? Not making the Final Four this year. Is Gino washed? It could be. Iowa beat in South Carolina quick, real quick. Caitlin Clark is a bad, bad woman. I tell you what. She's cold-blooded. I don't know. I don't know. Best thing women's basketball ever did was put the Final Four on Friday in the championship on Sunday. They used to have a Sunday, Tuesday. Great to move Mm. Friday, Sunday. That will be an interesting game uh, tomorrow. Um I feel bad going against Caitlin Clark. I like here, them covering the spread, but yeah, I got I gotta go Staley in the in the Cox. Got to. They they're not gonna lose. No, no. So yeah, we there's our picks. I guess I, I don't. Who knows what might happen? I mean, it's March. For all we know, it's FAU versus Miami at the Battle of Coral Gables. Is but on. the end of March is also a good time for what? Opening day in baseball. It's here today. Very excited. Very happy for it. As we all know, um, one of Personally, it's my probably favorite sports day or one of them. I know it's up there for you too, Nick. Um, and for, I know for both our teams, we're, we're in different spots and different directions. But for one day a year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, yeah, we're tied first. Well, well that's what I was going to get at here. For, <laughs> for one day a year, everybody is on the same playing field in that sense, right? Yeah. Where anything can happen. Everything is ahead of us. And it's the beauty of baseball. You know, it's a quote-unquote quote even playing field, but um, I gotta ask you, just never, jump in. you never know what might happen, yeah. Do you like that we've gone to this every team playing on opening day, or do you miss the, the champion playing on the night before? I like everybody playing the same, same day. I mean, they're still giving the Astros the primetime slot tonight at 7 p.m. on the national stage. And what's up with ESPN? No triple header today? Are you surprised? No. But. Exactly. <laughs> I, I that part I don't give I could give two craps about but um look I I'm you know I'm fine with it I prefer having everybody play and then we're having the same thing this weekend there are some teams doing a four game series like the Mets and the Marlins are playing a four game uh for I know for like the Yankees they're playing the Giants they play today they're off tomorrow and do the last two games Saturday Sunday so imagine if Aaron Judge had signed with the Giants Whew. That's right. That was a big thing people were talking about with that. And it's Yankee Yankee Stadium today, too, right? Yes. He would have gone back to Yankee Stadium first game. Russell Wilson-esque. Wild. Um, So, it's opening day. We're here. We're excited about it. Um, 
what are it's it's kind of weird because like for me I have a couple opening day traditions but like do you have any yourself Nick or um, you know is it just more or less you're kicking not kicking back but you know you're, you got you always have the Pirates game on somewhere that you can kind of turn to yeah yeah always you know always watching with my dad and used to be my grandpa we used to watch always the Pirates games and uh Opening day was always like a big day. Got to watch it together, so I enjoyed that a lot. Just you know, being a Pirates fan, it's you know, it's it's interesting because you're surrounded by a bunch of Yankee fans, but we're watching the Pirates Reds today. <laughs> but I, I just you know, just watching the game and enjoying. Hopefully, they uh, win the first. And it's usually hit or miss. They. Uh, they tend to do well on opening day. Tend to not do well. It's always decent game, and I don't know. Not nothing like tradition. Traditions like I don't go out and buy buffalo chicken wings <laughs> every every opening day. Even though well, that does sound like a good idea today, I guess. But for for me, it's just like I always like I I always have to have some hot dogs on opening day. Hot dogs probably have some. It's tough to find. Not tough to find. I mean, the bag of peanuts or whatever. It's just stuff to have at home. You ever been to an opening day game? Not at the big league level, no. I went no. Pirates second and third game of the season. I did not go to opening day. I, it was on the weekend. Like today, it was on Thursday, and then right. I went to Saturday, Sunday. That was the closest I ever came to coming. Yeah, I've I've been to, and it's obviously a little bit different. But like when the double days were affiliated, you know, we went to their opening day. But that's a little bit different because they were short season. So that's you know mid to late June. Uh, I've been to one Red Wings opening day, and they that, start Friday. Yeah, they start tomorrow. And uh, but even then, like back in you know before this, they were still off for a couple more weeks. Uh, but it was still pretty cool because at that point the season's still fresh enough that even like the minor league opening day kind of means a little bit something. You know what I mean? Where it's you know it's a little bit more pomp, a little bit more circumstance, and the fun of it was still obviously really there. So uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, let's let's jump right into a couple couple things here of note. Obviously, some of these rule changes we already discussed a lot of that you know previously, yeah. but um, it'll be interesting to kind of see. I guess really the first couple weeks here, how everything kind of shakes out a little bit, uh, because you know obviously we know how spring training goes, and some of these players played in the World Baseball Classic where they didn't have these rules, but um, you know we haven't seen I'd say as much. I guess controversy surrounding some of the stuff in spring training. Uh, I guess that will be. I don't guess. I I figure it will be different come regular season play at this point. You know what I mean? Where um, guys might be a little bit more. I wouldn't say loose, but you know, the mind game portion of it will probably take a lot more of an effect, and that might affect the way people go. I mean, Max Scherzer's kind of said like, I'm only looking at the clock, and that's when he's going, and not looking at the batters. Um, I, I'm assuming you saw what Nestor Cortez did the other day against the Nationals. I did not, no. So he got called for a quick pitch, and so what he decided to do the next pitch was um, do one of his funky kind of like wind-ups where the speed's affected. And um, I think, you know, the players, even on both sides, were, were respective of it. They were chuckling at it because it was just the fact that the umpire was – the one who figured he quick pitched. The batter didn't didn't think he quick pitched. I know that, so um, it'll be interesting. I, I'm intrigued to see how the uh, – I don't think the bigger basis thing is going to be a, a thing that's almost a non-thing for me. They're not – to me, they're not big enough to cause – it's not like 
they're chopping it down from 60 feet between the I think base they should go to the first dive. base, the softball first Yeah, base. so that was the thing with that. I, I wanted to ask you about that because me and you, um, you know, obviously my experience at first is a little bit different. I mean, that was my primary field position anyway. Um, and look, I've, I've been cleated, and it's not fun. That's actually one of the biggest proponents I've always said is I prefer to have the safety bag at first as opposed to a bigger base. I know they're claiming safety, but I don't know if three inches is exactly the end-all, be-all type spot. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm with, I'm with you 100%. I, I, I'm shocked in this day and age that baseball does not have the safety I bag. I mean, sure, it, it, it looks weird, but we're trying to be safe here. Right. And if, if we want to be the safest possible, it's been out there for years of this put the runner bag yeah. on first base and just run through it. So I'm surprised it's not a thing. I'm surprised they didn't do it. Yeah, I, I it's one of those things where it's well, I mean, do we have to go through another Buster Posey injury to figure out a rule change? Like, come on. I mean, the sad part is it might, though. Like, that's the thing about that, that we usually don't. See, we usually don't see those things until someone gets something right exactly happens where it's um, guy gets hurt, like in racing, a guy gets killed, right? In football, Damar Hamlin situation happens, you know, guy loses his perfect game, gets replay, sure, sure. (laughs) Um, a little bit different, but yeah, uh. The shift thing is interesting. We've already seen teams kind of push the limits on it in a sense. I've seen a lot of shortstops be really close to the second base bag in terms of lineup where it's supposed to be and where they aren't supposed to be. Um, who Somebody implemented a four-person outfield already <laughs> This is in the spring training. That's stupid. Um, yeah, but it's not completely uncommon. Joey Gale pops in left field. You should have an inside apart. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see kind of how all those rule changes kind of play out here the first couple of weeks of the year, really, to be to be quite honest. Um, all I ask for is basketball, we have the shot clock. We don't see it, the shot clock during the I mean, I guess you could see it on, on the screen. All I ask for is to put the pitch clock on the scoreboard, everyone's telecast. Yeah, some some broadcasts are better about it than others, I've noticed. Um, there's going to be some bugs to work out with that. Um, only because, hey, we, we kind of kind of do that around here every now and then. But, um, yeah, I noticed on the Bali sports coverage on some of the games um, on MLB Network that I saw, the, the cross coverage, um, however long they've last, obviously. That's a very underlying issue that I don't think uh, many people are talking about. But um, they have it kind of in the center of that diamond that they have uh, in their bug. Um, I've seen, I think it's Nesson with the Red Sox. They have it where the speed is on their score bug, the pitch speed. Yeah. Everybody's going to have to experiment it with a little bit. I'm with you, though. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily would want it up the whole time, but maybe when it gets to like 10 seconds. I, a lot of people are doing that, yeah. the 10-second thing. I think I'm good with that. I Personally speaking, I'm good with that. Um, let's talk about a couple other things here before we make some predictions and stuff like that. Uh, the great Shohei Otani. Uh, Strikes out the great No, no, I, I don't know if I want to call it a heist, but um, like this is going to be his last year on the Angels, right? Like, 
I think so. Yeah. Especially if they don't make the playoffs. Right. I, it's going to be interesting. I don't know if they're going to trade him. It, it's already Moreno. Who knows what he'll do. But I really am intrigued to see how – I don't think it's going to affect him. The guy's like a robot in that sense. But I'm intrigued how the Angels kind of handle it, to be honest. Um, I just saw a notification that the Dodgers already linked to Shohei, which that's not surprising. But um, that would, that would be I, I, look, I, I think every team, whether you realistically have a shot at him or not, and I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but all but one team, a.k.a. the Oakland A's, have a shot at Shohei Otani if the owners actually wanted to pony up. But that's I think he's going to be a billion-dollar athlete. I mean, one. I don't know about billion, but certainly half billion. I just – the billion one, it frightens me, <laughs> to be quite honest. Just – it has to be literally a 10-year, $100 million a year deal. And I don't know if we'll actually get to that number, but, I mean, I definitely could see $600 million getting thrown around, that's for sure. I, you so, but you think he'll you think he'll make it to that tenth digit? He is that valuable. I don't disagree. I agree. I uh, I don't know. I mean, you would think it would be next off season would be the time, but right. I don't know who's gonna Dodgers, Yankees gonna throw that money at him. That's it's, uh, if it's not him, it's gonna be an NBA player that gets it. Uh, someone someone will be the first billion dollar athlete. Uh, by just contract-wise, which is nuts. That's not even counting all the other endorsements that he gets. So, uh, are you looking for some headlines for the season you want for me? Well, give, give us some predictions here. Give us, you know, what do you think I think might happen? Jacob DeGrom is going to have a great year. Oh. I just drafted my, in our fantasy baseball league uh, draft the other night. Uh, I think if he stays healthy, which – it's the same with Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. <laughs> uh, if he stayed healthy, he's the best pitcher in baseball, I think, Jacob DeGrom. And I think you do, too. I think you agree with that, right? You were big with him. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think that's the case anymore. Wow. I, I, you want to know what? And I said this wow. on Concrete Jungle. It, look at the matchup today for the Mets-Marlins. It's Max Scherzer against Sandy Alcantara. And I got to go with Sandy. I, I think Sandy's the best pitcher in the game. And if not Sandy, I'd go back to him. I think it's Shohei. And then Patrick Corbin. And then I would – yeah, Patrick Corbin. That would probably go back. Scherzer still at this point. Scherzer, Verlander got to be up there. Cole's got to be up there. Um, maybe this is my own whatever, but, like, I'm a big Framber guy. I think Framber's really good. Um, Better than you Grom. I mean, the past couple of years, you gotta you gotta give the edge to Framber. At least he's out on the mound. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I just I don't know what to expect out of Degrom anymore. Like, and look, when he's on, he's generational, and I stand by that portion of it, right? But like, we have like one full year of him in the past, like six, and yeah. I just I I'm not a fan of the Rangers at the moment. Still, like they they went out. They go out and they spend every year, and they don't spend where they probably should. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, they need to bring in the starting pitcher and starting pitchers, and they did. 
but now they've neglected the bullpen, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I, I still got a lot of questions with them overall, like from catching and to the outfield, because like I don't know if that outfield is sustainable for what they got. And to just to be honest, like they're going to have to leapfrog at two teams, you know, if they want to have a shot. And Potentially three. Who's the third? Angels. Okay, so you think they'll fight? You think the Angels fight then this year is what you're saying? I mean, if the Rangers got to jump them. I mean, Rangers got to probably jump all three. Yeah, I respect that, then. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, – I, I don't know. And, it, it, look, the AL pitching this year is going to be interesting, right? Pablo Lopez is no slouch. He'll be up in Minnesota. We haven't even mentioned the guys in Cleveland. We haven't mentioned Seattle, you know. Zach Greinke back in Kansas City. Well, really, though, to be fair, Brady Singer in Kansas City, you know. The White Sox with Lance Lynn and Dylan Cease. I, there's a lot of good pitching in the AL. And not to discount the NL, right? I mean, we already mentioned, I've already mentioned three of them over there, but, you know, the NL, whether or not Walker Bueller really comes back of any sort, but Aaron Noah, Zach Wheeler, I already mentioned Surfer, and Verlander with Alcantara. Burns. Burns with whichever pitcher decides to be healthy for Milwaukee. <laughs> Uh, it's there's a lot of good good arms. Like didn't even mention Atlanta's guys. You know, there's a lot of good arms too in the NL. Chris and, Sale's back. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how all that goes. I do have one prediction. Sure. Uh, Edwin Diaz will not give up a run this year. Yeah, how noble of you to go out on that limb. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you? Uh, so for World Series for you, are you going with one of the favorites, or do you think somebody comes in from behind? Well. Who would have, even before the playoffs, who would have thought the Phillies would get to the World Series? True. Yeah. So, it's, this is impossible to make a World Series pick. Uh, I, I know I'm a little biased because my brother's a fan. I like the Mariners this year. I don't mind it. I, I like the Mariners and, of course, the Pirates. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I like the Mariners. And I like the Braves to get back to the World Series. I think the Braves are just absolutely loaded. Mm. You, you, you didn't even mention any of their names, but the pitchers, Strider, Wright, you know, Morton. Uh, Max Freed. Max Freed. And then, of course, their lineup. I mean, they lose Danzy Swanson, but I think Austin Riley's one of the more underrated hitters in the game. Definitely, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Acuna, Albies. They got Harris. Matt, Ol- Matt Olson. Matt Olson was a great – he's – Great free man. And they brought in Sean Murphy for catching with Travis Darno. They're loaded. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, they got upset last year. I'm never buying the Padres hype. I will never buy the Padres hype. Uh, Dodgers only win in the bubble. <laughs> so I like the I like the Braves. It's kind of hard for me to, at the end of the day, I just I can't buy fully into the Braves, though. Only because of what happened, like at the start of last year. And look, I know they came out strong, but like that was just such an interesting spot. Um, you like the Mets? Yeah, I mean it's hard in the NL to kind of go against them at the moment. But I, I'll tell you what, I, the Yankees. I think it's gonna come down to honestly, like the Yankees and Cleveland this year in the AL. Wow. Um, Not the Astros. No, I I'm big on Seattle. I think this. I think Seattle might knock them off the perch. To be quite honest, uh, look, they're down Altuve to start the year. 
as much as I hype up Framber and that rotation's still good, it's young. They don't have veteran leadership in there. They bring in a Brayu. Right, right. So I I think Cleveland's a nice little like backdoor team, you know. Easy division. It's easy, but I don't I don't know if it's gonna be that easy though. Like Minnesota, all things considered, did improve. I, you know, I so I'm intrigued to see how all that works out. I think the White Sox without Tony Larusa can thrive because you don't have that old man situation anymore there. So uh, I expect them to compete. Now this is where things are interesting because, and I will put your Pirates in this portion of the conversation too, Nick. The Royals and the Pirates are. Look, do I see them making the playoffs? No, I don't see either of them. I could see both of them, though, coming in at just under 500. I I like both of them. I think they're young teams overall. They have really good offenses. I think people kind of underestimate both their offenses. It's where pitching for both of them gets interesting very quickly. Um, you know, it's never a good thing when – uh, you look at, say, the fantasy preview of a player, and this is not to knock the guy. I drafted him. I'm very high on him. And David Bednard, for example, with the Pirates, where in his fantasy preview, it's like he's a slam dunk pick anyway because you know nobody's going to be able to compete with him for the job. <laughs> and that's not a good thing, but uh, when you have a guy like that, that's always a positive. So, uh, I want Bednard. Well, sorry. Got to gotta take him. Shout out, shout out to Mars Township in Pennsylvania, where he's from. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm with you, though. I think it's going to be a bit of a surprise World Series. I'm a little Cleveland, to be quite honest. I'm, I'm very high on them. Um, I think um, you might see some regression from a couple of the guys, right, say like a Stephen Kwan, um, Oscar Gonzalez. But, uh, look, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez. Uh, I'm expecting some big stuff out of Josh Bell, to be quite honest. So you're going so Cleveland I'm going, Mets? I'm going Cleveland Mets in the World Series, and Cleveland wins. Yeah. I'm going to go Braves win. All Sorry, right. Matt. Um, I got one final question for you. Sure, sure. Baltimore Orioles decline or uh, improving this year? I think flat. They didn't do next to anything. When your big free agent signing is Kyle Gibson, <laughs> you did next to nothing for me overall, to be quite honest. So it is what it is. Are you buying the Padres hype? Yeah, I do a little bit. Um, that offense is legit. I think the most of that rotation's legit. A little bit of questions with the bullpen, and that's always the biggest thing now in baseball, right, is how good is your bullpen? Yeah, it's important. Their bullpen for me is very questionable. Um, I do think Hayter actually turned the corner back to where he was. Is he a closer? Yeah. So I, I think in that sense they're fine. It's just getting to Hayter is the question, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's never a good thing when one of your workhorses and Craig Stamen's going to start the year back at AAA, and that's the case. So, I I don't know. I I do I buy into some of their hype. I don't. Bob Melvin was a great. Hire. I don't. Yeah, I don't completely yeah. sell them off, but at the same token, I I definitely understand why I wouldn't buy into them. You know, it's completely understandable. It really. I mean, is. they did make the NLCS last year. Right. I mean, this right. isn't the team that lost the first round. No, I mean, and look, they went out and they didn't prove. Like, I, you don't go, you don't, you don't regress by signing a guy by signing a guy like Xander Bogarts, for example, right? You don't, you don't regress in that sense. So, 
What's the deal there? Tatis is playing where? He'll be he'll be on the outfield when he gets back. He misses the first twenty games, right, of the regular. Bogart's season. not moving from short though. No, no, no. He'll be short. he'll be the shortstop. Yeah. All right, so there you have it. Fresh takes for today: Final Four and baseball. All right, Nick, I'm keeping the two shot for the shout out here because uh, you you were. Dogging me a little bit here. You're teasing me about yes. what, what you're shouting out and who you're shouting out today. Uh, I'm not going to say his name on air. He told me not to say his name on air, but I'm going to oh, okay. <laughs> shout his Instagram account. Uh, Remy Rips. Uh, R-E-M-Y-R-I-P-S. Okay. Rip, Remy Rips. Okay. All lowercase, no spaces. On Instagram is a he's my good friend he paul knows him too i'll tell him after the show but uh try to figure out who it is uh he sells cards okay uh that's what he does he's selling cards right now baseball cards all different type of cards okay and uh yeah so he's been doing that and even i even tried to interest him this last weekend try to get him into pokemon cards and but he knows i'm not a huge card guy Right. But he knows Paul is a huge card guy. He yeah. wanted me to give this to Paul so he could advertise his, uh, his, his, his card dealings. Uh, so Paul's going to get... Paul's getting this as a gift. It oh, is wow. it's like a n- very old <laughs> baseball cards. There's like 40... Let me, let, me, let me take off the lower third here for a quick second so that way people can see for, for the... Yeah. Six packs of old baseball cards in here that Paul is going to go home oh, wow. with today. I feel like I feel like I'm on the prices right. Well, I appreciate. It. I definitely have to. I'm definitely going to have to do the shout out here then for that. Yeah, definitely. So baseball cards and football cards. These look like newer football cards. I can't tell from here this angle. I'm going to give them to Paul in a second. Was, I can't tell if that's Russell Wilson or John Elway. It's Russell Wilson. Fair. Oh, okay. Uh, and I told him he is a Jason Giambi fan, and uh-huh. he's going home with a Jason Giambi baseball oh, wow. card. How about that? I appreciate uh, it to Remy Rips. Yeah, Remy Rips on Instagram selling the best cards that you can have. All sports, but trying to get into Pokemon now. How about that? Uh, selling cards, Remy Rips on Instagram. Shout out. Definitely appreciate it. Shout out to him. So these are all packs. I'm going to have to definitely do the uh, Instagram stuff. There. Is that Dale Murphy on the box too? That Don Ross? <laughs> You're going to love these. There's like yeah. uh, there's a lot of cards in yeah. here. So I, I unopened, too. Yeah. Unopened. We're going to have to do, a, we'll have to do an unpa- uh, a couple rips, then, I'd say. So I'm going to have to figure out how to how to set that up and stuff. So. Well, what rip on right now? Um, yeah, why not? Let's rip on right there quick. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll be right back. Okay, I guess we'll... Uh, <laughs> These are your cards. <laughs> As you can see, Nick's coming up behind me. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll get you back over there, and then we can do the proper rip. Let's rip one up. So we have Don Ross. Donris. I always pronounce it Ross. Um, does it say what year on the box? I can't find it on the, on the wrap, on the foil here. 36 count. Actually, I'll be able to tell from the uh, year on the card. So here we go. Doing it. Doing it live. Okay, so they're 1988. I thought they were in the 80s. Yeah, that's what I guess. So we have a puzzle. Oh, the puzzle card. Okay. Yeah. So I have opened. I've opened 88s in the past. Just hasn't. It's been a while. So we have. Uh, we have Jim Eisenreich. Great name. Great baseball name. Mel. Oh boy. Now this is an interesting one actually. So we have Mel Hall. And he's actually from Lions. Mel Hall. 
Really? He's in jail though right now uh, for child predatory stuff. He's not a collectively. He's not a good dude. Um, Jose Gonzalez. I don't know him. What are we getting? Like eight cards in the pack? Oh no! There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Holy! There's thirty-five more packs. They they did they did it well back in the day. Uh, Claudel Washington, interesting player there from Oakland, very good player. Mike Greenwell, uh, Craig Brock, Mike Heath. Do you know Mike Heath? Hey, not not the exact card, but Billy Ripken. We do know we all know who Billy Ripken is. Uh, Brent Smith, Ken Williams, Jack Howell, Larry Anderson, Bill Dolly. Hey, hey, Mike Schmidt. That's a solid one right there. And uh, all right, Davy Concepcion, part of the Big Red Machine. At wow. Yeah, how about that? We did a, did a quick first ever pack pack a rip here. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into that. I think so. Yeah, appreciate Remy rips. Uh, give the shout here and do do some proper stuff. Yeah. So. Paul's going home with all these cards. I'm intrigued. I feel bad for not knowing who it is. So, yeah. You'll know in about two seconds. I, clearly. So with that in mind, <laughs> we will. Uh, I, let me get the outro up here. Like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff, and we will be back next week for Fresh Takes Over Police.